Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> welcome back, y'all. Welcome it's back. such a special episode, but yes, welcome back to the Ivy Arden podcast. We are so, so excited to have you guys no, really. back in for another episode. If you missed last week's episode, mm-hmm. baby, pause Ooh. this episode. Go back and Go listen. to that episode and then come back to this episode. Or you know what? Pause this episode. Go to episode one and just... Right. Just listen. But I mean, <laughs> if, if you happen to be caught up, go then, listen to episode four. Right. Go and then come four. to this one. Because last week, y'all, we were spitting. Okay. It was a very good in-depth conversation about access. Uh, Mars and I went into our own personal experiences with, you know, having uh, very little access to mm-hmm. the arts. Um, and then we also add a little history lesson in there, you know. Sure did, because, you know, just, uh, we're not baseless over here. Right, we got to back it up with some. <laughs> <laughs> we got the info. We got the facts, okay? Facts, exactly. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I'm, like, my Houston is really, like, it is. It's, it's it is. out. It's, it's out and full. proud. It's out and proud, baby. It's out and proud. <laughs> As it should be, though. As it should be, guys. So that's a great segue into what this episode is about. So today we're going to be talking about just basically imposter syndrome and not feeling good enough um as people of color that are involved in the arts Mm -hmm. but for this episode we have a very very special guest with us mr ashi porter hey everyone my name is ashi taka porter i'm so excited to be here like actually y'all i'm so stoked oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh like we are so happy to have you like i (laughs) i i i this is gonna be the best episode no really (laughs) it's very exciting and it's also wild because like kira knows ashi because you all you two went to high school school together together, right and like I kind of know Ashi because we went to the same undergrad, which yeah. is crazy. Because Kira was like, "Oh, we can have my friend Ashi," and I was like, and "She's like Who? Ashi," and then she showed me her Instagram. Profile. I was like, "I know him." Yeah, <laughs> no, it's such a small world. Like that's what I love about art. Uh, you could, I swear, you could even go to like Italy and just true. and run into someone. Oh yeah, and then they're like, "Oh wait, I know this person," and then suddenly like. It's like, oh, wait. So, wait, maybe I do know you because you've heard, you know, through the mutual friend. Right. I quite literally have stories of going to Italy and meeting people connected through my year. There we go. Yeah, boom. Come on. Evidence. 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 And now we're over here at Columbia University. Y'all, this school is big. You can put this on your resume. You can be like, podcast at Columbia Teachers College. When you feature on stuff, you can do that. Oh, yeah. Guys, Boom. we're Pat telling you up. how to get booked on this yeah. podcast. Yeah, it up. Um, Ashi's going to be a whole talk show host. Like, <laughs> this. Ashi talking. Ashi talking. I would <laughs> so watch it. <laughs> but yeah, no, this school was really big. Like right before I started this podcast, I was just trying to get to the bathroom. And I swear I can understand why they have these stereotypes of the secret societies and stuff like that. Because I, I almost got hazed in that bathroom. There was, <laughs> there, was no, <laughs> there was absolutely no one there. But I swear I felt the vibes. I felt the vibes. No, it's so spooky. <laughs> like when I first came here and I was like rocking around TC, I was like, uh, scary. yeah, I don't think I can do this on my own. No. And honestly, since I've been here, I think I've gone pretty much everywhere with Mars. Like I'm like, wow. Mars, show me where to go because I don't know where to go. No. Yeah. I think like I have a pretty good grasp on the buildings just cause I like knowing where I'm going. 
So that She's was like the explorer. first thing I did. Shoot, you can give like campus tours and stuff of NYU and Columbia. I probably could. Will I? No. <laughs> no. Well. But it's there because there's so many secret passageways and back ways <sighs> and, no, front and ways. underground caves and we do right. have societies. Oh, for real? Yeah. No, yeah, we can get to like there's all like the, the tunnel. Yeah, it's it's oh, nuts. Oh my yeah. god, that's how the dead presidents know what you're doing for sure. Right, they're just creeping all <laughs> up in thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> what we're talking oh. about today, y'all. Right, right let's, <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> I literally feel like this is like a talk show. Like, ooh. ooh. I mean, a little I mean, bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's the future. It's that's, just, that's it's our just, future. Like, Jimmy Fallon, everyone. Right. right. You know, special guest. Expecting all Number two. Oh, Renee Rabb. Right. I don't know who that is. But. Oh. <laughs> Regina George, the movie. Oh, okay. See, I'm not good with names. Oh. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> So just for black people. I know. I feel like this is a black podcast <laughs> right. for a reason. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> so today, today we're talking about, like I said earlier, just um, like imposter syndrome, and mm-hmm. if you know yeah. we've had any experiences in the arts of like not feeling good enough. Mm. Um, I think this is going to be a very good conversation because it is a topic that isn't just limited to people that are within the arts. Like mm. I'm sure yeah. anyone, mm-hmm. anyone that is a living human being on this earth has at some point felt am I good enough in mm-hmm. whatever environment that they're in. Mm-hmm. So thousand percent. Um, I thought we could really get into that. Uh, we kind of split it up by like different sections. So we're going to cover like insecurities and then imposter syndrome, how to take like constructive criticism. Um, and then, yeah, we'll see where the conversation goes from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Should we start with like Ashi just telling us about his background though a little bit and Absolutely. then maybe we can nitpick on that and, Go from there. It. Yeah, go yeah. from there. Yeah, sure. My background. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sure. So, I mean, like as you know, I met Kirith um, at high school and at the Houston at the high school. What's our name of our school high again? School, the Kinder, Kinder, Kinder High School for the Performing, performing and Visual Arts. arts. Yep, She's in Houston, Texas. Name. That's a name. Um, yeah. yeah, right. It's a long name, especially after that. What ten million? Um, like can we even say that on the board? Oh yeah, I think it was like eighty. They invested a lot of money to get their kinder in front of that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they built our new school. They did. They built our new school. Oh, but yep. I was there for four years, and that was all of high school. And that was like when I really started getting into theater and musical theater, and that was pretty much like my start in into the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went to NYU. Yay! Uh, for musical <laughs> theater. And while I was there, I also did a couple study abroad programs. I did um, Commedia dell'arte in Italy. Ooh. 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 Say that again. Say that again. Say that again. Arte. Ooh. Ooh. Great with that. Okay. Bellissimo. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and that was like a summer program. Um, and then I studied um, in the fall in London at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts studying Period. Shakespeare. That's so freaking cool. Yeah, and Actually. I just graduated last year um, uh, back in the musical theater program. And then after that, post-college mm-hmm. was a little crazy because I was expecting to like be jobless right out of school, mm-hmm. but I ended up um, working on Broadway. Um, <laughs> Come on, <laughs> sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> one more time, one more time. On a show called Here Lies Love, which was an all-Filipino <gasps> I show. I watched that. Yeah. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was one of the audience wranglers, which was like, like one oh, of the crew positions. 
editions. So we had like cool. pink that was the jumpsuits. Show. And I saw that last fall. It was so much fun. It was it honestly was so much fun. Like I, it was definitely one of those shows that was really really popular, mm-hmm. but closed just due to like mm-hmm. marketing purposes. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everyone who went genuinely enjoyed the show, and it was like an amazing story. It looked oh. very like interactive. Like, incredibly, incredibly. Yeah, it was incredibly interactive. Incredibly. Literally, wow. the stage rotated like oh, with people, yeah. like you know, That's like so around cool. it. And our job was like air traffic control, so people those people don't get run over, and we don't have any liabilities. <laughs> which right, right, right. I can say nothing and like none of that happened so I successfully did my job on Broadway (laughs) (laughs) and while I was doing that I also did a um uh the professional semester program at the Broadway Dance Center oh my gosh so that was honestly I think uh, genuinely like out of all the whole 23 years of my life that probably was like the most difficult schedule I've ever Mm -hmm. had to do because Mm -hmm. during the day I had class from like 10 to 4 and then I'd have the show from 5 to 10 oh wow and and for how long was this running for the whole that was the, the whole, whole semester, semester. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah, gosh yeah 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 um and i literally for the month of october i literally did not have an off day like the entire wow. 31 days <sighs> of the month artist. i know but beyonce talked about it in her documentary she was like oh man doing this tour like 41 days of you know no mm-hmm. no off days or whatever and i was like i know you're I like know i'm resonating you with you beyonce we are one like. of the same i know i cried i was like thank you beyonce <laughs> she gets me <laughs> she gets me who I'm also sorry. went to our high school right who also went to our high right. school say that right that's nuts it sounds like a school of greatness at this point no hsbva was sh- shout out to hsbva because shout it truly out. was like my favorite school experience Agreed. like it was it was so great every day it didn't matter that i was waking up at 5 a.m to Mm-mm. get to school Oof. no but i knew that i would have the best day because you were always laughing and like we had the different art areas but everyone yeah. like still like meshed with each yeah. other really well yeah, yeah, like yeah. i didn't think there was a lot of like oh dancers versus theater yeah, kids no. or like uh, you know there yeah. was no like hate i no. i personally no, feel no. like at least yeah. in my friend groups yeah and so we were always like vibing out DJ Friday, DJ Friday, like the happening. Oh, yeah, my, oh my so much fun. Take me back, uh, please. Thank like you, Dr. Allen. Thank you, our principal. Good, no, seriously. Like performing arts school. It oh was great. Gosh. I think I said this on the last podcast, but like Victorious, the show, it gives that, but better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think our experience was better. Yeah. yeah. Ours gave that, but not, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Not even now. Yeah, so. that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Houston, I feel like, I don't know. I just, Houston, the city in of itself, yeah. like, it's just so, like, rich and yeah. diverse. Mm. And, like, I feel like the different groups of people in the city, you know, they just love getting to know one another. You know, yeah. like, I don't yeah. feel like there's, like, yeah. separation, you know, or. Other you know, than by distance. Other than by distance. Huge yeah. City. yeah. But other yeah. than that, I feel like it's a very, like, integrated yeah. and uh just welcoming city yeah. and it has a which, great vibe which is why i feel like it was like a lot easier to integrate into new york city mm-hmm. because like even mm-hmm. though there's not really that like southern hospitality here like that metropolitan yeah. understanding of yeah. like everyone's diverse here everyone has different experiences mm-hmm. like you don't have to like be from the same background to like click and mesh with someone yeah okay. which is why i was saying i think in our um oh girl it was one of the episodes maybe it was where my people at the whole representation one i yeah. don't think i started started focusing on like oh they're white i'm black until i got to undergrad because mm. houston and hspva was so diverse mm. like i've like i didn't like i didn't experience any issues or mm. maybe i just wasn't aware you know mm-hmm. of of that kind of yeah. stuff but i truly knew that i could go to school and focus on dance like yeah, it was just 
dance that was it like i was like i don't care that i'm at the ballet bar with some white people like, like <laughs> i genuinely didn't care i was yeah. like girl teach me how to dance i love I was that. like how you get your leg up like teach me how to mm. do that you i know? feel like i will say though i feel like that's very true in the dance community because mm. i feel i felt that way in the last program that i did at broadway dance mm -hmm. center but mm -hmm. i will say in the theater program i definitely do feel like i know just being mixed as well like mm -hmm. especially being in houston where like the, the majority of the people that we were dealing with were like southern black yeah. people you know and then everyone else was just like white or like mm -hmm. latino um or latinx and like what i was dealing with i feel like being mixed had its own experiences mm -hmm. too because yeah. um, mm -hmm. and, and that's nothing i like going to imposter syndrome because like even just feeling okay or good enough in my own communities almost yeah. felt impossible mm -hmm. especially yeah. being in houston you no, know yeah i definitely yeah. think that we should talk about that because i i'm not mixed like <laughs> <laughs> i'm not mixed but i have like i, I I sometimes I've had this experience of and because I've been in predominantly white spaces and yeah. then like, you know, mm -hmm. the black southern, you know, whenever I would go whenever I would go back home, I definitely felt um like an in betweener. Like I yeah. didn't belong in either because sometimes I would be hearing from my community, Oh, you know, you're white because you go to a white school. Mm -hmm. But then mm -hmm. I'm like when I'm at that white school, I'm like, Okay, I know I'm not <laughs> right. that. Yeah. You know, so I it just made me think about, okay, well, for someone who actually is mixed, like what is that experience, you know? Have they ever felt like displaced almost, felt as if there was nowhere where mm -hmm. they belonged? You yeah. Know? And you're mixed with black and Filipino. Filipino. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm black apino. You black apino. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Trademarked. <laughs> Ashi <laughs> uh, Porter. Ashi Taka Porter, trademark. I'm weak. Have you had any, like, um, I guess going off the imposter syndrome? Mm -hmm. Like you said, we can start with Mars and, yeah, like, sure. have you had any, like, major experiences where you were like, oh my gosh, like, I am not capable of doing any of this because I am not good enough? We've, we've had a, I feel like I've had kind of bits and pieces throughout life of mm -hmm. that feeling like as I'm entering a new space every time I was entering a new space within my art I was starting to feel that feeling like going into middle school mm -hmm. um so now that's like a combination of a bunch of other elementary schools and like I grew up in a predominantly white area mm -hmm. um so like I've always been aware of the fact that I was like the only black person but I think it didn't dawn on me that like that changes things for me until middle school when it was like i don't know what was going on in like the beginning of mm -hmm. the 2010s mm -hmm. but <laughs> no one did uh <laughs> pre-teen white boys oh hellions oh. okay hellions <laughs> flat out hellions <laughs> like they're learning what it means to call somebody an Oreo or oh. to call somebody a this. And I distinctly remember being in social studies and this kid turned around and said, you're an Oreo. And I'm like, and you're Are white. Are you serious? <laughs> Unprovoked. We're not friends. I don't talk Dang. to this kid. If, I've never spoken to him a day in my life. I lose my mind when a black person calls me an Oreo, but if a white yeah, person calls no, me that, Oreo, no, that's that, like, oh, we're fighting. That, that was of, little yeah. town like, no culture. Like, you're not hearing this from people in your culture. You're hearing this from people from, Outside, outside of, of it, yeah. they're Dang. like oh you're an oreo and i'm like huh yeah first, first how do you all, even know that word how do you know what it means i didn't even know that word <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm a little sixth grader i've only been in this grade for maybe a month <laughs> maybe a month <laughs> he just turns around unprovoked you're an oreo what <laughs> excuse me i was like what is that i thought he was calling me a zebra 
which is like if you're mixed with black and white. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was like, a I'm zebra? Liter- I was like, I'm literally I've fully black. I've never even heard that. Yeah. yeah. And I was so confused because I was wow. like, what? That's wild. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless. So going Oreo, into the- but to, to define that, it's black on the outside, Side, white, white on, on the, the inside. inside. Yes, right. Yes. And I'm like, Huh? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, crazy. You have never spoken to me before this instance, and you just turn around to say it. That's to crazy. It's like clearly you just learned this maybe an hour or two yeah. ago, mm-hmm. and you felt like you needed to say it to the first black mm-hmm. black person you saw. I bet he even said it with his best black son as he could. I, I bet you went over you know, like the whoa. I couldn't even like tell you Ohio. Like what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> nuts, nuts. Nonetheless, um, going into like the orchestral setting, and even though it was the same teacher, and maybe part of the people that I went to elementary school mm-hmm. with. There's now maybe 10 other people in this orchestral class for sixth graders that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And my, I see my teacher, he's talking to them, he's all chummy, and I'm like, how do you know these people? He's been teaching them like he's been teaching us, but that didn't matter to me, I didn't know them. Yeah. And so now I'm being like met with people that I don't know their skill level. I knew I was the best in my group of people, mm-hmm. but I don't know about them other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, oh, I'm a little scared. What if, you know, mm. I was just the best out of my group, but mm. compared to these other kids, like, like I might not be there. The I can right. be the bottom. Yeah. Of the that wasn't the case. But <laughs> right, but your mind <laughs> but will I go to the that. worst, mm-hmm. that worst case scenario. Precisely. Yeah. And then going into my performing arts high school had the same thing, and we had to audition to get in. Mm. Yeah. So it's yeah. like so I know I wasn't good enough. Mm. I knew I was good enough to get in, mm-hmm. but I had already knew like one of the other girls from doing um, all county orchestra, middle school orchestra, she was mm-hmm. first chair. I think I was like fifth. And so I'm like, okay, we're both here now. Now they're a good friend. <sighs> but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> at the time I'm like, Jesus, now I have yeah. to like up the atom. And this school was already really hard going into it. Yeah. And so I was just like, oh gosh. I yeah, so all performing arts schools, oh, it's, it's so it's like, insane. so intense. It's like, it's weird because it's like a mixture of, oh, this is so like welcoming. Like this is right. so cool. But then when you actually get into your mm-hmm. discipline, right. like the class for that, it's like, <gasps> yeah, especially because when you're in high school, you're actually not thinking about, can I get into a good college? You're At thinking all. about your career. Yeah. Yes. So you're 15 years old thinking about like, like, oh my God, where will I be at 18? Oh my God, yeah, like, right. like, like, can I book some? Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it's not just like an easy, simple, like, I just need to get to the next level, which is college. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's not. It, it, and it's funny because I feel like once I got to college, yeah, like I wasn't, I wasn't, it was like day by day. You yeah. know, it was yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm think how I should have been thinking in middle, and sorry, high school is how I was thinking in college and yeah. then like vice versa. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, oh, for sure. Like yeah. the stakes just felt so much. Like I felt like if I messed up in class, I was like, that's my career as a dancer yeah, is that's done. The end. Like, mm-hmm. end of the world. Yeah. Jesus, high school. And especially with all those emotions on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think high school, I know for me, like a lot of my feelings of not feeling good enough, uh, not feeling as if I'm capable of you know, having a career in dance stemmed from a lot of insecurities that I had, you know, like, I don't know if it, again, I didn't really see that whole like racial thing. So I wasn't doing yeah. a lot of racial comparison, but in terms of like, just looking at my own body, you yeah. know, like, okay, I got a bigger butt 
than mm. they do. You <laughs> know, yeah. your body is body. My body, like, my your body is bodying. <laughs> like, body let's body. not get that wrong. Body I know this with is a podcast, and we're only <laughs> hearing this. But if you can see, Kira, I'm hollering. <laughs> I'm hollering. <laughs> but you know, like I got a little booty. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like there's something there, and like, they don't have that. There's something there, and when I'm at the bar, you know, and we're doing an arabesque, I'm mm. like, you know, my leg not going up. Mm-hmm. Because the butt, <laughs> the butt is in the way a little bit, you know. So I'm like, be, be, I'm being very critical of myself and using that as a means to say like disqualify me from the dance world. Yeah. And it was so like, gosh, it's so easy to, like, you know, we said we went to a really great high school, and it's so easy to remember like the great memories. But yeah. when I think about how I was doing emotionally oh, in high Jesus. school, yeah. I was a wreck. Yeah, I was the yeah, biggest wreck. And I think that a lot of people experience that. Mm-hmm. But studying art in such a serious setting and trying to like filter through those emotions, like assess, okay, what am I feeling today? And then what am I feeling the next day? Like it was very hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're around in Incredibly talented people. Everybody's 15 years old. We were just talking about Jada. Jada. Oh, Jada. Jada. Peyton. Peyton. (laughs) All these incredible artists are were 15 years old, and they're like already like have all of these awards or awards Mm. or have recognition and like. I mean, working with Fenty. Just Jada just did Doja uh, Doja Cat's Doja Cat's concert. Trey was on. uh, Trey was with. uh, uh, Katy Perry oh, and he was God. with Little Nas. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm like that's there's two. And the thing is, these people <laughs> right, already right. knew that that was gonna happen for right, them. Right, I'm 15. Right, nope. and you're training with them, and you're like, I'm just coming from dance at church. Right, right. So I'm like. I'm like, what do you mean you know your potential? Like, what right. do you mean right. you have, like, How are you confident in that? How are you, like, how what are you confident in your skill right. like that? Yeah, it was so, it was so difficult. Cause like, oh, wow. it never felt like, um, I, I, my need for validation was <laughs> through the roof. So high. Like, it's still, I still feel like it's, it's really high for me too. Yeah. yeah. I like to think I'm more confident than I actually am, but I think I've just like learned how to mask it better. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Fake yeah. it, fake it till you fake make it, it has make been it, yeah. my motto. Fake it till it's true. Yeah. Fake it till it's true. I, and I will say that does help because sometimes yeah. I will like go into spaces. I mean, even in high school, you know, I'd go in there, I'd be like, let's do this thing, let's dance, whatever. And then I'd like go home and you know, I'm like crying. But yeah. then eventually like that stopped. You yeah. know, I was like, okay, well, you know what? I can't keep living this life, you know, waiting for other people to validate me. And and that my ability to say that has gotten stronger now that, you know, 100%. we're in grad school, you know, right. but it's like in those earlier years, like, that fake it till you make it motto was definitely something that I like lived by to, because yeah. I, I never saw myself being this like confident, like radiant woman ever. <laughs> now that I'm here, I'm like, Oh, oh, this is kind of nice. I'm like, I like it here. I'm like, Oh, I don't care what you say. <laughs> oh, I don't care what you say. <laughs> I, don't care. <laughs> Ooh, I don't want to please you for right, shit. Like, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, yeah. But baby, we were, it was, rough yeah. <laughs> oh yeah it was rough. oh my god yeah no oh, yeah i'm curious about your um bdc experience because ashi okay so we were in like uh like the black history plays yeah. in school together and ashi was 
I could see how much you loved dance. Oh. I could see how much you loved dance, even though you were musical theater, but yeah, you guys yeah. kind of dabbled in everything. Yeah. Right. Um, and Ashi just, like, whenever we were learning, like, the dance numbers, like, I could just see how, like, Ashi was just, I love, guys, I literally love this. <laughs> <laughs> I literally love this man, but I'm oh, like. twin. So, Ashi, I'm very, cu <laughs> I'm curious about what, um, your BDC experience was like because yeah. guys Ashi one thing about him this man loves to dance and uh -huh. I knew that from when I first met him in high school because we were in like plays together and everything uh, but as a dancer I feel like when you're around people that study dance you know like I want to be a professional dancer every single day. It's like the passion gets sucked out of it. And so seeing someone that was so passionate was very like, mm. you know, in inspiring. And, and I think it's one of the things that made me gravitate towards you. Um, and so, but hmm. I want to hear about BDC because, um, and if you have struggled with feeling in, mm. you know, with feeling or feeling as if you are a dancer or um, what, what it was like um, in just an all dance environment, because sometimes it can be a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, if there was any imposter syndrome with that, and if constructive criticism did come throughout that whole process, like what was it like trying to process all of that? And mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, <clears throat> I would like to be like the spokesperson for BDC's post semester. I like genuinely, I think it was one of like the best programs mm. I've ever done. Oh, wow. Um, genuinely, like it was just, it, and also like, you know, it definitely added the fact that we, there was a, in, in, um, a group of incredibly like warm and like uh, um, giving and sharing mm -hmm people mm -hmm. and like that's definitely gonna make the experience better for sure but also just like the way that it was structured and and like the opportunities that I got from it and um and the amount of dance that I, I like genuinely got to do like I feel like in my musical theater program a lot of it was you know we did like acting and we did singing and we did dance stuff like that but like it it was there was so much to pack into it mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of opportunity to grow in like one specific mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. and so to put all my eggs in one basket and just do dance i didn't realize like how much i would grow from that mm. but um my experience with dance is 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 not very much um i like my senior year of high school like i started dancing with sheila at um in houston you and went that was to dance zone? i went to dance zone just for like a few months like when ali who and i were going together it I was had like no idea. yeah it was just for a few months and i i like i like was able to like you know get out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. and, and like do stuff but i i i did not look good like y'all like i ooh, i looked i <laughs> like throw the videos away yeah like literally <laughs> like, throw the videos away i just had confidence and that was it yeah, like, okay. my body had to catch up catch up uh and then when i got to college like i was i was dancing and doing musical theater stuff and i think i was doing pretty fine uh -huh. like but then covid came mm. and then a lot of dance had to come from home and like that's just already hard itself yeah, you don't really have anyone be able to correct you or you know and then and then the rest of the programs that i did were mostly like acting programs so i didn't mm. really dance and when i graduated college and i was like i, I think i like I, I think that this like really is like my only not my only but like my biggest weakest mm -hmm. weakness out of the triple threat mm -hmm. um and so i just committed and, and did that program and honestly guys i i, I applied for it and 
wasn't expecting to get in. Mm-hmm. Like I applied for the pro semester so that I could just roll over my application to mm-hmm. the independent training program. And then when I got in, I literally looked at the email and was like, shit. Oh like, my God. <laughs> you're like, I actually got it. It was like, I oh, cool. It. Oh, fuck. Because it was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, dang, first of all, now it's a favor of the tuition. And also, I was not expecting this. I was expecting to yeah, join like, yeah, the easier yeah, program yeah. and just like right. choose my own adventure. But like now I'm like, I'm with the professionals. Mm-hmm. And y'all, I was meeting 18 year olds. Oh. 18 year olds who have been doing this since they were like three who were like 16k followers from nope. like france from london oh from gosh. poland like it they're was, like big time that would have took big me time. no right <laughs> yeah right? it took me out. Uh, talk I, about imposter syndrome no for real i literally was like these people are already successful mm-hmm. they're just doing this program so they can get the connections and the networking that's the thing when people like, are doing things for fun and right. you're doing it like, <laughs> like because it's like the beginning yeah Yeah. because like they did it like they were doing the program so they can like meet mentors and they get networking and like get opportunities Mm -hmm. and book agents and book shows and i was doing it just so i can dance better so i was like oh my god like this is terrifying Mm -hmm. and i was like there was actually a lot of guys there was like seven guys out of like the 50 people i think Mm -hmm. we had in the program which is a lot when you're comparing like a dance program and so and like just like i feel like i really was like one or maybe two of the only people who was really as inexperienced Mm -hmm. as i was while Mm -hmm. i was there so imposter syndrome oh my god i've never felt it more Mm -hmm. in my entire life and you kept like a video documentary on instagram yes i did yeah Taco yeah, things. hello, my little tacos. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so cute. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I like I talked about my experience because there were so many days where I did not feel good enough, mm-hmm. and there really wasn't. And like like you guys have this podcast as your outlet. Like that was kind of my outlet because mm-hmm. I was like, there's so many artists that feel this way, but we have no one else to talk to this, mm-hmm. talk about this. Or with. sometimes we only talk about we talk about it to other artists who just came from the same room, as right? Day, but in terms of like on a broader platform, like in trying to connect with other people right. it's like that's not happening as yeah well. there's a void there for that yeah yeah for sure and it yeah. was really really difficult y'all like especially when we did these faculty auditions Ooh. and then when i did these showcase auditions like we had so many opportunities to audition like just in a practice setting and mm-hmm. i felt like i was failing so miserably mm-hmm. and like you know when i was talking to friends or even talking to some of the faculty they would never agree that that like they i i like definitely the faculty believed in me way more than i ever would have believed mm-hmm. in myself like i'm only here today five months later because of how much effort and uh and empowerment they put into mm-hmm. me because i was like what do you mean like i'm meant to be here like what do you mean like i got in here for a reason like that was just mm-hmm. a fluke like you keep telling me like i'm supposed to be here but like what do you mean you know yeah what I mean? yeah um and then five months later i was like ah oh, you know i get it mm-hmm. but yeah. moving up to that like i i never would have I, I never, I never believed them. Like I didn't believe them. Like I truly yeah. didn't believe them. Like I, the only reason I even trusted them was because they were my faculty. They're the ones who accepted me, and obviously I'm here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Right. That's that blind faith. I, I don't like, know what, what it is. Yeah, it's that blind faith. I don't know what it is. But you keep telling me that I'm good, so. I guess, I guess, I'll, like, I guess yeah. I'll move forward in yeah. that power. But well, and it's like, well, I'm not going to leave the program. Right. You know, like yeah. I'm not going to just take an exit. It's like you got so in. I, you I'm know, here I'm now. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I I've had some experiences where, um, honestly, that's kind of how it felt with high school a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, um, or uh, actually, let's speak to undergrad since we've already talked yeah. about high school a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, there were. There Good were. So, <laughs> <laughs> there were so many. Um, gosh ballet y'all my relationship with ballet has just been it's it's been rough and and i i hated 
I hated it so much, but I didn't actually hate it. I I actually mm. had this secret love for ballet, right? But I dismissed it because I was like, I can't do it. Right. I'm like, I see, you know, these, yeah, I mean, white prima ballerinas mm -hmm. that you know look like this, whatever. Um, and when I entered into undergrad, I'm like, okay, well, all of you guys came from a studio, and you know, that's something that I didn't have either. So it was just like you guys it felt kind of like what you were saying it felt like okay you guys are here because you just you know you want to advance your career start making connections and everything but i'm like i'm still just at the beginning of yeah. understanding like the basics of ballet yeah. and understanding how my body functions in this like very weird art form yeah. you know i'm still trying to learn the basics it's you know ballet is hard y'all ballet is so hard but yeah i i just i felt a lot of that going into undergrad and there there was there were a lot of moments when I wanted to leave. Like I remember going into my professor's office and I was like, I genuinely do want to leave the school because I feel so incapable. I mm. felt behind, which we talked about last yeah. week. Like mm. I felt so behind. It felt like there was, I did not see myself getting to a point of being confident standing in front of the room, standing at the front of the mm -hmm, room mm -hmm. and uh, performing the combination. I'm, you know, yeah, dancers no. don't like standing in the front. Yeah. Like they always go to the back. Right. And so it just like, it's, it's hard to overcome that because yeah. it's a lot of like, I have to learn how to pour into myself. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. there's only so much validation you can get from other people. Cause yeah. like you said, people can tell you, you are good yeah. or and people can say, <laughs> or they can genuinely mean it. But that if too. you don't believe it for yourself, yeah. then it's like, I'm not going to get anywhere because at this point I'm, I am what's keeping me down. I am like, what, the what's problem. the saying? You're the problem. You're the like, problem. <laughs> you are the reason why you don't get like 99% of the opportunities <sighs> yeah. because like you're, you're your biggest barrier. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that was a very hard lesson that I had to learn, particularly my junior year. Like yeah. I was like, okay, oh, this whole negative toxic mindset is not working Kara. So I'm like, you either retire it, get it out of here or you're not going to, you're not going to move to New York. Yeah. You're not going to make it as a professional dancer. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And, and so it's also crazy. Like how much we went through too. Cause junior year was the year of Harvey hurricane. Yes. Like our, like our big, our, the beginning of our first semester yes, and like junior year is the hardest year of mm -hmm. high school. And like that yeah. beginning of that semester was literally pushed back because people's houses were yeah. demolished in yeah. these floods. And it and, didn't help oh, that wow. they were emphasizing that junior year was like the year when you have to start looking at colleges, yeah. you know, like mm -hmm. Restart your applications, practice SATs, practice, yep. um, practice, uh, what is it called? College admission. What is it called? The college essays and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're pushed back two weeks. <clears throat> Some people are getting a head start. I'm like, my house is flooded. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like it's, yeah. it's just like, well, okay, my house isn't actually flooded, but you know, it was pretty close. Uh, but right. it's like houses <laughs> are literally flooded. Though. I mean, I remember like going out and like helping people get their get stuff their out. Get their stuff because, out. Yeah. yeah. Like, and so, have, like PVA, like organized its a, own a thing. Like, to help our students. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just like, <clears throat> just, oh, gosh, that you said it last week, that feeling of being behind, yes. like that is always what I felt. And, you know, why I've had so many insecurities with, the, you know this question will i ever be good, good enough, enough? Yeah. because if mm. people are already where i need to be when i'm just starting yeah. it's like it's so discouraging it is so discouraging Damn, and you're you're, you're doing right like physical work on your body mm -hmm. but you're also doing mental work and emotional work mm -hmm. and, and spiritual work and and it's just like 
when is it going to stop? And you mentioned earlier, it's kind of been like an ongoing process throughout all of your years because it's, 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 it comes, if and, this it was, it comes yeah. and goes, especially yeah. if you're entering into a new environment, like, oh my gosh, when I first got, when we first started at mm-hmm. Columbia, oh, we had a conversation, baby, about I was about our crying classes. in my room. We got our mm-hmm. first reading <sighs> and I was like, what my brain this? can't process this stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've, I only know how to dance. I only know how to do a plie mm. and like a pirouette. What do you mean you want me to read and then like take a quiz, you know? <laughs> right. But then someone had to remind me, they were like, you're here. Kira, you, one, you're here. Yeah. You made it. Second of all, you don't just get through college by only taking dance classes. Like right. you had other yeah. prerequisite yeah. requisites like English and math and science that you had to get through, you know? Mm-hmm. You are capable of reading a book yeah. and taking a quiz, you know? But again, someone's pouring that into me, but I wasn't quite yet believing it for myself. And so the self is the biggest yeah. barrier, especially when also uh, constructive criticism that constructive criticism being able to take it because we had a conversation about this the first episode i think about separating your art from your physical body from yourself Mm -hmm. and um i know we had a discussion about how hard it is especially like as a dancer because your body is also your art Mm -hmm. and to an extent i think as a musician depending on what instrument it is that you play and even actually really all instruments like it's hard to take feedback when they're talking about your technique or your posture because that part that's your body that part is your that part is your body Mm -hmm. so like my teacher alter trying to alter my bow hold or um my hand shape on my left hand as a violinist as a strings person or even like the way that i'm moving the way that my arm is moving when i'm bowing like those things are hard not to get frustrated Mm -hmm. about and take that criticism without being like okay they're not saying this because it's something wrong with your body, but there is something wrong with what you're doing yeah. for what you're trying to do. Yeah, but it's also hard when people make comments like, like your fingers. Just, Some uh, people have like, you know, like more chubby fingers or more like limber, small yeah. fingers and stuff. And so it's like, you know, I, I, I can't change that about myself so mm. that it's like you're automatically taking yourself out of the drawing. It's like, yeah. well, I can't change this. So then my career in orchestra or my career in violin ends over after I graduate, right. you know? Yeah. Right, right. And it's hard. I remember the very first time that I like got a body related feedback from uh, my high school <laughs> private instructor. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I met her and she was just, she asked me to play a couple scales, whatever. And she was talking about my bow hold and how I need to fix that. And I, don't remember the context that she was talking about but then she goes well you have tiny fingers so you'll be fine or you have tiny hands mm-hmm. so da, da, da. and i was like okay huh because first first of all <laughs> throughout middle school after you know puberty hit whatever i'm thinking oh, okay my hands are like normal size they're kind of large whatever mm. i'm thinking they're large mm. and now this lady's telling me that they are small <laughs> and you're like what are you I talking was like, about girl what do you mean yeah mm-hmm. what do you mean they're small i had it existential crisis for the rest of the week mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like okay and then i'm seeing like what she meant by my fingers are like short and i'm like oh that's why i have trouble doing this and others don't and i'm right. like oh okay that so reach i like with the pinky the reach bro Girl. i had always struggled and i thought it was me i thought it was a dexterity problem and she was like no like you have pretty good stretch right. but you're you definitely have to work even harder because your fingers, fingers are shorter right. yeah. than like most violinists and i'm like 
I thought violence on small hands, and now you're telling me my fingers are also a little too short. Okay. Right. Like, what do I do? Well, the thing is, constructive <laughs> criticism isn't actually always empowering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, That's just because true. it's constructive doesn't mean that it's like it's given in the most digestible way. Yeah. Because I mean, like, I have to like remember too, like our teachers weren't raised to teach like mm-hmm. they were raised as people who were learning it and then they got to a point where they could teach it as well mm-hmm. but a lot of the times that they're they're just passing down what they've already learned themselves yeah, so if they learn that like, constructive sense. criticism especially as a ballet dancer or even like with like the, the size of your hands was mm-hmm. oh you need to fix this part of your body to look like this or to do this mm-hmm. they're they're just going to pass that down mm-hmm. um and like that's what most of our teachers do they just pass down what they learned yeah i think we also have had to define like what constructive criticism is supposed to sound like Mm -hmm. because you can like there are certain things that about a craft that can be improved but i don't think that 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 um that growth like needs to be pointed out by like pointing out like someone's body Mm -hmm. or pointing out someone's like uh, um, uh, like the way they got there or their behaviors or things like that because a lot of the stuff that we need to learn to be excellent in our craft usually comes with time mm-hmm. anyway so I feel like a lot of the things that just need to be improved are the things that need to, that can be improved in the moment or just things that can be practiced or things that can be um, uh, uh, like just guided you know what I mean yeah, like I was gonna I, say yeah. oh sorry no sorry, sorry, sorry I'm sorry. just saying like I feel like when we say constructive criticism a lot of people hear oh let me give you my opinion mm-hmm. yeah and, and that's yeah, and what it is constructive yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you, you mentioned uh time being a being an aspect and and I think that is extremely important to point out because sometimes it's 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 a matter of like the maturity of the person that you're working with. Yeah. Absolutely. Because if I like, honestly, if, if I'm working with a 15 year old dancer and someone who's 22, you know, my age, if I say, um, pull up more, that's a general comment that's mm-hmm. given in the dance world. I say, pull up this 15 year old might take it as they think I'm fat. Right. They are, uh, they don't think I'm good enough. Like, and but it, it, it also has to deal with like, the what you're going through developmentally you know at that age you're already insecure you're already you know you may be being bullied and like coming out of middle school and high school and going to high school so it's like there are different factors at play but me as a mature you know 22 year old me as a mature thanks 22 year old <laughs> dancer who you know i i understand my body in this art form like if someone were to give me that comment i'm like oh I know what they mean mm-hmm. you know i'm not yes. taking it to the fact i'm not taking it to a place of oh my lunch i i ate a jelly donut and like there's you know like <laughs> they're, they're, saying <laughs> they're saying that i'm fat you know like they're not saying it in that way and, and i think that's where the lines get blurred like with constructive criticism especially within dance at least because yeah. our body is connected to our you know our art like you said mm-hmm. but also like some it's hard to gauge because some people can be like really sensitive yeah. and then sure. you can also have those people that are just like oh they just they all they <laughs> they just give it to me you know and like i know for me so there's like there's like the black dance environment and black dance like it is like so hardcore they're oh. like yeah they're I, like yeah kind of mean just from the videos and like <laughs> shows yeah, you that know why i do that came out <laughs> of, like this is probably isn't a great reference but like the only reference that i can think of to the dance world and it being broadcasted and like kind of looking mean and intense and hardcore is like dancing dance dolls. Oh, um, mm. 
dance moms too, but like specifically to the black experience, I was mm. thinking dancing. But balls. also that's majorette. That's majorette, and that's even. But they different. still. They but still, it's still, still it's still dance, and it's still, still, still like hardcore. She was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and even her own daughter, who was like a part of like her expectations there, and then her expectations for all of these girls. Like to me, dance. Um, dancing dolls was kind of like like the black version of dance moms mm-hmm. but oh, less yeah. toxic um for obvious reasons mm-hmm. <laughs> right <laughs> for obvious reasons but um no yeah it seemed really cutthroat and like anytime i'd see shows like that i'm like you know what let me be grateful for where i'm at because <laughs> no i feel like I the dance shows like really that. like make people be like i'm glad i didn't put my child on dance mm. because no, for they, sure. they showcase the like the toxic aspects yeah. of it and we gonna talk about toxicity part in another episode right but stay tuned it's so interesting how like okay like you mentioned majorette like within majorette or ballet or contemporary or con- or uh, competition dance like mm-hmm. the how you receive criticism or constructive criticism looks different yeah and so but yeah if you if i grow up in a very hardcore cutthroat black dance environment you know when i go to a another school and people are giving me uh people are giving feedback like hey you could be doing more or whatnot i because i'm conditioned because i'm conditioned to such like harsh feedback in the first place i'm kind of like I'm like, oh, they just saying what they saying, you know, like I'm not taking it to heart in a very deep way. But to people who aren't used to that kind of environment, like they are taking it to heart. They might be a little bit more sensitive about it. And so like the dance world, it's just a little like you can't really generalize anything because everyone's experience is so individualistic and, you know, and so, yeah. I can also speak to that as an actor, too, Mm -hmm. because I mean, specifically like with acting everything is like intellectual or emotional based Mm -hmm. like a lot of the things that you're doing you're trying to figure out from your own way whether it's like mirroring mirroring or like digging from your own emotions Mm -hmm. so that you can like you know do this or or just getting information from the text and and like being able to convey it like you literally are a vessel for someone else's idea of what that thing is but it's funny because then you're a vessel for someone else's idea but now you still have to be individualistic yes oh my god like i'm mirroring somebody else to learn but i can't do it like them because then someone's gonna say you're trying to dance like ashi right versus just being you but it's like how do i be me right (laughs) and be them and be them at the same time yeah yeah Headaches, yeah. tears, and that's where the time. Oh, go oh, ahead. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's where the time comes in, mm-hmm. because yeah. I feel like a lot of the time training is just duplicating. Yeah. And then once you can do it exactly how it was taught, then now you, you can start break the rules a little forming bit, your own. Yeah, forming, you start yeah. yeah breaking your rules and stuff like that because you can't break the rules before you know the rules. Yeah. Right. I try to tell people that all the time. <laughs> that's why I love rules. I think that's yeah. why I love ballet oh, because it's yeah, yeah. so like oh y'all oh ballet. It's it's <laughs> it's so specific. Yeah. You know so specific but when people right when people (laughs) add their own flair you're immediately like drawn in because Mm. you know that they're bending the rules a little bit Mm -hmm. and it just makes it like so attractive you know Mm. it's like ooh, do that again yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah you have to you definitely have to know the rules before 
before you can bend them. Like that's, that is what, that's where creativity comes in. Like, I think that's what it means to be like individualistic and unique and creative is you have somehow created your own something, you know, your own structure, your own way of moving, your own way of speaking, you know, doing this monologue out of something that's been so traditional for many years, you know? Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's actually what I held on to when I was going through my imposter syndrome. Mm. Because at some point during the semester, I realized that these 18-year-olds that I feel are so successful, so far beyond me and everything, like even though they're younger than me, still have had more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like you know, they, they've been training since they were two until they're 18. So they've had 16 years, years. of dance, whereas Already. I've had three. And whether I was tw- 35 and they were 20 and they were dancing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the math still holds up. They still had more time. Yeah. And when mm-hmm. I realized that, I was like, you know what? I can actually kind of just back off of myself. Yes, yeah. you have to yeah. be You yeah. have yeah. to be real. Right. You have to be real. And like, that's what when I mentioned like having self-love and like pouring into myself, a lot of it is you have to step back and recognize the reality of the situation. Yeah. Of course I'm not gonna be as good as good, whatever quotation Quote marks, yeah. you right. know. Quote, quote. Because they've been doing it longer so yeah. how dare i expect yeah. myself mm-hmm. to even be at the same level as mm-hmm. them back off back off. Yeah. back off back off you have to give yourself <laughs> that grace and i think we have a harder time doing that as we get older because there is nothing more humbling than someone who is significantly younger than you coming into your art oh, form. Oh, it's the worst. Oh, yeah. And being better than being you. Being better than it. you. And it's and happening so much more now. I'm like, than babe, not to do it 18 for once, and I can only do two. Right. Yeah. And it's some <laughs> of this is that they just started before you technically did. Like you can, like you said, you had three years versus them who've essentially had like 16 years. Mm-hmm. And we forget that like just because someone's younger than you doesn't mean that they haven't had more training than you right or less experience uh, exactly yeah. and that's and it's i think some of the think that ego yeah that's some of the very... ego that comes with yeah. the arts and so us true. getting older in it is that okay i've been in this for however long even though this is like a portion of what you've been in like you said that's something you were only trained in for like technically 3 years yeah and that's different for them. Whereas if that's all they've been doing and that's three years of, you know, a collective of things that you can do. Right. And so you might have expertise in, you know, these particular areas, but then that's one area that you don't have it. And we forget that all the time, especially as we get older, because Mm -hmm. it's like, well, I mean, overall I've been doing this, but it's like, okay, but what about this area? You Mm -hmm. have to humble your, you You have to like, like humility. I think that's one been my, one of my biggest lessons, like, all of 2023 and mm. like the beginning of 2024 the year of transformation really under ugh, baby mm-hmm. transformation okay but really understand what it what it means to um come to uh, approach a person you know yeah. or, or or my art form um and be able to say like i don't know anything or i don't know how to do this and be okay with that mm-hmm. yeah now you now you've opened yourself to learning you mm-hmm. know but if you go into it you know there it is not having <laughs> not having your heart you know like open and not being okay yeah. with being yeah. vulnerable and yeah. being able to say i don't know how to do it yes. then yeah you're not going to yeah. go anywhere like yeah. you're placeholding yourself into this you know condition of um of 
of of not being successful. Right. You know, infection. like it infection hurts. holds you back. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. it hurts. Back. It hurts either way. So might as well mm-hmm. fall forward. Yeah, might there as well go. fall forward. You might as well. And and I swear, the growth that you experience yeah. as soon as you allow yourself to like to to open up and admit mm-hmm. I don't know anything is exponential. Yeah. You start no, really. skyrocketing, and then Things suddenly you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, like I finally made it. But you never would have made it yeah. if you didn't humble yourself and yeah. be able to say, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. yeah, being able to humble yourself allows for growth. Mm-hmm. And when you're not able to do that, that's when you get stagnant. That's when you're like, why am, why am I not getting better at this? Why can't I do this? And you're getting more judgmental of yourself when really a majority of your issue is the fact that you're being so harsh on yourself and you're trying to hold yourself to a standard when it's like, yeah. okay, you don't know how to do this. It's Admit that, that like overcompensation. Yeah. Right. I know that I lack, but I'm going to pretend that I don't lack. Yeah. Right. That's when the whole fake it till I make, make it, it is doesn't like work. doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Because now it's to your like, detriment. Because at this point, if I'm personally, if I'm working with someone that just won't admit, you know, that, okay, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I would genuinely rather someone tell me they yeah. do not with, not know what they're doing mm-hmm. rather than continue to pretend that they do and then mess up on the activities or responsibilities that I'm giving them. Because right. yep. then I'm not going to want to work with you anymore. Right. Yeah. And humility does not mean don't be confident. Right. It doesn't mean like don't be like, you know, like don't don't live in your power or yeah. like don't move in the world not living in your power. Like it doesn't mean that at all. I think humility is just looking at the reality of situation mm-hmm. like that's where like when you're humble that's where gratitude comes in yeah, yeah. that's where yeah. um that's where like uh, like the reality comes in like that's where you like are able to see your strengths and weaknesses as they are and not as uh or not as things that, that hold you back right you yeah know? and i think it's just people are so afraid that if they say i don't know it's going to be met with like a lot of hate yeah and met with okay i don't want to work with you anymore but no it's like I want to give you a chance now, you know, like I want to be able to teach you, you know, like I want to be able to help you, guide you, coach you, help you get to a point where you do feel confident. You know, it's easy to assume the worst, you know, they're not going to want to talk to me anymore if I mess up. But it's like, like if I'm not good enough, if I'm not perfect, they're not going to want to teach me. They're not going to want to train me. But it's like, no, I do. It's like, that's the point. I want you to be honest about what you can't do. And it took me to being an undergrad and with my private instructor to realize that that like I asking questions was okay. And once again, super appreciative to that instructor mm-hmm. um, because she would answer my questions. I would flat out be like, listen, I didn't practice, but I had trouble working on this whenever I was. So I just gave so up. So that's why I gave up. And yeah. so there she was like, okay, we can start there. And I was Honestly. able to get better and get, you know, the feedback that I needed to do better and be better. And I felt more comfortable because I came in with a, crap ton of stage fright right. yeah. <laughs> yeah so honesty is really where it starts it is being honest with yourself yeah mm. and being honest to whoever you need to be honest to to get better so you can grow yeah and that's the yeah. moral of the story that's the moral of the story so guys final question final question for our listeners out there <laughs> you guys are. how have you um imposter syndrome is the conversation that we're having mm-hmm. where are you now and have you overcome it or are you still going through it yeah Hmm. Okay, I'll start. I'll make yes, it quick because we got to wrap it up. But I, where am I now? We take it day by day. Yeah. You know, okay. I understand that uh, every day you're met with something new. And every day, like it, it's it's not real to think that 
I'm going to be 100% confident from mm-hmm. now until the rest of my life. Yeah. Because, you know, I, it, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Right. You know, but if I can, if I take it day by day and continue to give myself grace and also remind myself that like, God isn't going to give me, um, he's not going to put me in, in any situation that I'm not capable of handing of handling. Like I have to remember that a lot. Um, and also understand that I have a community of people that, um, have either gone through what I've gone through or are going through what I'm going through and to mm-hmm. connect with them and to lean on one another. Um, imposter syndrome, she a bitch. Like, I have to say that's it, real. that's yeah. that, but that's real. like <laughs> remembering to pour into myself and not be so hard on myself and give myself grace and be like, Kara, like, it's okay if you didn't get it today. Mm-hmm. It's okay if mm-hmm. you did not understand it today. Be I can recognize that and then go into the next day trying to do at least one thing better, yeah. you know. So just remembering to be kind to myself and kind to um, my mind and my heart and my soul and my body yeah. as mm-hmm. a dancer. Um, yeah, just remembering that everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to work itself out. Um, yeah, I'm in a more healthier mindset now. So yeah, I think for me, I'm at that point of being honest and open with myself of the things that I can't do and actively seeking those who can do it Mm. and being open to what it is that they have to say and the feedback that they have to give me, the criticism that they have to give me um, whenever I am involved with my art in some way. Like right now I'm doing piano lessons and this is like my first time being in lessons again since undergrad. So it's been about two years and you know, flat out telling him, this is what I've had trouble with. This is why I don't think I've been successful doing this. And like today's lesson went so great. And Mm so continuing to have that in like for a second while I was in that lesson, I felt myself going back into the like, oh, I can't do it. I'm like hesitant. I'm scared of my sound. But he was like, he flat out said, he's like, hold on, play so I can hear you. Like he's like, in my old age, I can't hear. And it was funny, but little things like that, of like, okay, yeah, you're right. I do need to play louder. I, I need to be able to hear myself. I need to be able to do it. And so having that honesty that, mm-hmm. you know, it's not brutal, but mm-hmm. it is real honesty with myself. Yeah. Um, and so that's really where I'm at is just continuing to do that and to not get stuck up here, up in yeah. my head, yeah. and to just be here in my hands. Yeah. Because that's where I, that's the only place I need to be mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So. What about you, Ashi? What I learned about imposter syndrome is like, yeah, she's a bitch. For sure. But here's the thing. She is necessary. Mm. <laughs> and hear me out on this because yep. imposter syndrome, and we've just named it, but it's just the beginning stages of learning. Because mm. I mean, like anything new that we've ever done in our entire lives you've always felt like you don't belong there. Mm-hmm. You don't belong. You like you, you're, you're because it's new and because you've never done it before. You don't know. You don't know if you're going to be good at it. You mm-hmm. don't know your own abilities within that. You're going to feel like you're not supposed to be there. You're going to feel like an imposter because it's new. But th- there comes a point 
in everyone's experience, the more time they put in, the less they feel like an imposter because they start identifying themselves with the people that are around them. They yeah. start listening to themselves. They start trusting their teachers. But mm. all of those things come with time. And the imposter syndrome usually happens at the beginning of something. And it doesn't mean it's the beginning of the career because Viola Davis talks about how she still experiences imposter syndrome when she like gets, moves into a directing role or moves mm. into a producing role. Even though she's been a, a, an EGOT winner as an actor, like there's still things in her life that she's never done before that make her feel like an imposter imposter because it's new mm. and I feel like if we acknowledge that anything that's new is going to be a learning curve then we can just enjoy the fact that it's that we're gonna get there you know yeah. we're going to get there we will always get there no matter like no matter what we do even if it seems impossible the more time and energy you put into it the more you will get out of it mm -hmm. so that was a right. word imposter syndrome. Syndrome. imposter syndrome is learning oh I love you. <laughs> that was I love needed. you so much. Um, okay, guys, we have to wrap this episode up. Um, shout out to Moira. Yeah. Just, just, That's our producer. Yeah. She's Thank amazing. you so much. Thank She's you. She's so great. Um, but yeah, we're definitely going to have to have all of you back. She has the most beautiful eyes. No, literally. She's just beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're definitely gonna have to Ash have run this back with Ashi. Oh, have no, him back really. on another episode. Hell, maybe our next episode. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yes, this has been such a great conversation. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Ashi, for coming in Thank and you. Thank chopping you. it up with us for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see you guys at the next episode. All and right. Follow me on Continue Instagram. To be great. Follow him on Stay Instagram. At Ashi, A-S-H-I underscore taco, T-A-C-O. Goodbye, yes. my little tacos. Oh, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> I see the crystal raindrops fall And the beauty of it all Is when the sun comes shining through To make those rainbows in my mind When I think of you sometime And I want to spend some time with you Just the two of us we can make it if we try to do it.